Hey there everybody and welcome to the Biathlon Podcast. It is Wednesday, January the 19th and I am your host Will Prov. Both of our German legs are now complete and Rupolding looks like it may be season defining when it comes to our overall World Cup standings. I'll be looking back at the sprints and pursuits to see how things have shaken out. As well as some interest in racing in the relays, some uh, Scandinavian drama lighting up the men's race. I'll also bring you up to date with the latest news and results from the IBU Cup and Junior Cup races. Some great results for my Czech listeners in those junior races. You can get in touch on the Facebook page or you can email me at thebiathlonpodcast at gmail.com. So the action itself all started a long old time back now with the women's sprint kicking us off. And a great start it was too, as we had the best of this season all bringing their best with Elvira Erberg and Marta Olshbu Roiseland battling it out for the win. And athletes taking advantage of the good conditions with some fantastic shooting days out there as well. Day didn't get off to the most auspicious of starts though, as Ava Kamova of Korea snapped her pole on the starting gate before she'd even got going. She was leading off the day bib number one. Didn't let it affect her too much though. She nailed the perfect 10 out of 10 targets to really set the tone for the day. 25 women getting the perfect score, so you could be pretty sure it was going to be needed for the win. My bet for the win looked uh, a little bit more like it as Julia Simon came flying out of the start. No broken poles there, really looking like she meant business. And it was Simon who lit up the boards in the early running. She shot five out of five on the prone. And coming into the stands, I I was uh, sitting pretty. I thought it was looking like a victory was on the cards. It all came crashing down, though. Three misses for Simon in the stand. So her and my hopes of French victory there were up in smoke. She eventually finished the day 23rd, but skiing really well. Uh, that was a disappointment. Uh, she ended up with a good amount to take from the weekend eventually, though, but not the best of starts for my pick of the weekend there. A lot of eyes, of course, on Tyrrell Ekoff as she made her comeback, but yet again, not the best of days from her. Thought she looked better on the skis, but the little we saw her on the coverage, uh, she had two misses, only the 12th best ski time eventually on the day. That meant she could only manage 19th. And her season really continues to slip away. Now, before the season, she was talking records, five more wins. But now it's just really a case of salvaging what she can from the year. And on this form, with the strength of the uh, women's field right now, I'm not sure we can even really consider her as one of the top 10 favourites for the Olympics, uh, which is crazy to think after her season uh, last year. Uh, but that's where we find ourselves. Off track off, though, the big names really started to get out on the tracks. Lisa Teresa Hauser was next up, doing what she does best. 10 out of 10 targets, setting the early pace on the leaderboard. Uh, conditions were pretty kind, though, and Hauser hasn't quite had the ski speed to think that she'd be on the top step. Uh, fair play to her, though, because I think she knows that, and her shooting has been getting quicker and quicker this season. Not just getting them down, but 25 seconds on the prone, 20.8 in the stand, and unless your name is Dorothea Vera, you can't do much better than that. Brilliant stuff from Hauser. She was uh, she was under pressure early, though. Lynn Pearson came in with the uh, the first challenge. Clear shoot from the Swede, reminding her that on her day, she's always a danger for a podium. Uh, she came in 13 seconds down on Hauser, though. Didn't quite have the speed on the day. Her teammate Hannah Erberg was chasing her down just behind. Bit of a disappointing day for Hannah, though. Uh, great speed on the skis. She had the second quickest overall ski time. 
never really got into the rhythm of the shoots. She missed one in each. And that made it tougher than it needed to be for her. She was forced to settle for 11th in the end, which left us with the real battle of the day. Not a surprise, Roiseland versus Erberg, Elvira that is. Uh, they started less than five minutes apart on the tracks, which was a great setup for the day. Roiseland came in with bib 27 and looked like she meant business as soon as she left the gates. Hauser was sort of in front of her. Hauser starting her second lap as Roiseland started her first. Wondered if Roiseland might just tuck in. Uh, obviously, Hauser a lot bigger, maybe get a bit of uh, bit of shielding. None of that from Roiseland, though. Wasted no time passing and dropping the Austrian. Uh, then five great shots in the prone, and it looked like she was on track for a great day. Almost five seconds up on Simon, who, as I say, was uh, looking great at that stage. Not far behind, though, was Elvira, and she came into the range a whisker ahead of Rosalind. Thought she looked a little nervous coming in, but the shooting was so good. Knocking them down in almost the exact same speed and rhythm as Rosalind. And the top two in the world are off again. Rosalind, of course, again, first into the range. And pushing the limits in the stand shoot, I thought, faster than I'm used to her shooting. Didn't mess with her rhythm at all. No problem. Five down and she was away. Uh, streets ahead of Hauser, who was still in the lead at that point. Elvira, though, as we come into, uh, come into love, having none of it, destroying the second lap, coming in 17 seconds ahead of Rosalind. And it looked like she knew it as well. Great tactics from the Swede, I thought. Push the pace but then set things up nice and calmly in the range. Paid off perfectly for her. Five down. Took her over 30 seconds, uh, so she did lose around eight to Roiseland. But when you can ski like Elvira, 10 out of 10 is pretty much guaranteed to be a win any day of the year. She didn't leave anything to chance, though, gaining another 13.2 seconds on Roiseland over the last lap to take a lead that never looked in too much danger, uh, with Roiseland behind her holding on for second. Worth noting that uh, on that second lap for Elvira, while Elvira was very fast, took the fastest lap time, it was Roisland really uh, quite slow on that second lap, which a uh, bit of a bit of a worry potentially, but we have seen that from Roisland, and when she's shooting like she is, uh, she's always on track for a pretty high result. Um, her second place, though, did look in doubt for a bit, and how happy am I to be able to say that it was because of Dorothea Vera, Shooting clear, skiing faster, coming into form exactly at the right time before her home race in Antolt and, of course, the Olympics. She got third place on the day and was shooting right back to how we remember from those winning years. Thought it was the same old story when she came in for the prone shoot. She was already the best part of 20 seconds down on Elvira, but that first shoot was breathtaking. 23 seconds, all five down in the blink of an eye once she was settled. She was off again. Even with that shooting, I thought the skiing was going to counter out, but it's not what uh, we're used to this season. She did improve over the race. That first lap, she lost 18.5 seconds, uh, which only ended up being the 28th fastest. But on the second lap, she was right on the money, seventh quickest, skiing as quickly as the likes of Alan Carver, uh, Marieda as well. And then just as ridiculous shooting in the stand, 20.7 seconds from rifle off to five targets down, fastest shoot of the day, and she was out in fourth. 1.8 seconds behind the aforementioned Olympicava. And on this season's form, you'd back the Belarusian every day of the week to take it on the last lap. But Vera does look back. She flew around the final loop 2.3 seconds faster than Olympicava, taking her first podium of the year. 
Really great to see Vera back and getting closer to her best form on the skis and with the rifle, because uh, that hasn't been uh, that hasn't been as solid as we used to this season either. Uh, so she took third. Alan Bacava having to settle for fourth yet again. That's now six fourth places uh, for the year, which is uh, unlucky on the one hand, missing out on the podium that many times, but phenomenal consistency. She's shooting 94% in the prone, 85 in the stand, and you can't count her out, no matter which sort of format of race she's involved in at the moment. Really good stuff from Ellen Carver. In fifth, much, much, much better day for Justine Brazard-Boucher. After some pretty shocking performances in Annecy and Oberhof, this was, uh, this was the athlete we wanted to see out there. Third fastest on the tracks. To be fair, no one was matching Elvira, but uh, Brazard skiing really nicely yet again. And this time, getting it done with the rifle too. Taking advantage of, as I say, really nice uh, sort of calm conditions. She had some steady shoots both times out. And most importantly, I think, keeping her composure when she missed. She missed in the very first shot of the stand. That one went wide. And so often, we've seen that turn into two, three misses. Uh, but she kept steady rhythm between two and three second gaps between each shot. Very nice and controlled. Got her awards. Really good stuff from Brazil Boucher and, uh, and getting the best result of the French team. Always good for uh, for her confidence, I'd imagine. Then we had the early Lisa, uh, early Lisa, leader, Lisa Teresa Hauser. Uh, she eventually finished sixth after all was said and done, leading a pack of clear shoots. Uh, and they special on another fantastic day for her in seventh, continuing her brilliant season. And then great to see Svetlana Moronova back in the top 10 too. That's her second of the season. And she's shown flashes, uh, Moronova, over the last couple of seasons. And she uh, she sort of has that form. She she could be aiming for podiums. And I think she might have a good chance, especially in the individual, uh, to bring a medal for the Russian team. Uh, then tied for ninth were Lynn Person and Mona Brawson, who should be very happy with that. Uh, tied for second best Swede. And with the pressure for places in Beijing really heating up, I think that'll have done their chances of being involved in the sprint no harm at all. Two brilliant performances then in 12th and 13th, I wanted to mention before we moved on. Uh, Njotun of Norway, uh, fallen out of favour a little bit uh, recently, bounced around the IBU Cup. She took full advantage um, with the absences of Tandrevold and either Leon. Uh, she had a clear shoot, so fairly decent relay too, so a good showing for Njotun over the weekend. Struggled a bit in the pursuit, to be fair, um, but good stuff for her, just sort of getting her name back in the uh, Norwegian selectors' minds. One place behind her, we had Elena Krishankina, who I'm not sure I've mentioned once this year. She was obviously great last year. A lot of weeks we were saying how great her ski speed was. She was up there with Olympic Carver and Sola on her day, but she's not had a good time of it at all this season. So top 15, really good stuff from her. A bit like Njotun, she struggled in the pursuit, unfortunately, went down to 45th. Uh, but good to see her near the sharp end in the sprint nonetheless. Uh, so that was the uh, that was the good. There were bad days out there too. Someone we've talked about her three misses down in twenty third. Davidova, I was a bit disappointed with as well. Just one miss uh, would hope for her to be better than twenty seventh. Uh, but she lost a minute on the skis and um, also her shooting. I think needs to speed up a little bit. Pretty ideal conditions, as I've said, and she took thirty four point five seconds on the prone. That was ninety third in terms of speed on the shoot. Uh, but she got them down. That's the main thing. And, uh, and I think she'll become coming back stronger in Antol. She's gone there well before, goes well at altitude. So uh, so better things in the future for Davidova, I think. Further down, we had three misses for Hannah Sola down in 36th. Three for Marieda as well. She came home 43rd. Days to forget for both of them. 
Um, but I'll finish on my sort of below the radar performance of the day. And it was a clear shoot and a personal best for Natalia Ushkina racing for Romania and doing a fantastic job. That's uh, This is her first season racing in World Cups. And uh, she got her first points back in Annecy, backing it up really well in Rupolding to come home 26th. Great stuff from her. Uh, so that was the sprint, which set the stage for Sunday's pursuit. And there was only one story in town. And that story was Marta Oldbull Roiseland. Possibly the performance of the season, I think. She's had a great season, but this this really was the best of them. Absolutely steely shooting, so calm, so controlled, taking every blow that Elvira could land while coming back even stronger. And I think this could be the race that decides the overall crystal globe. Obviously, still a lot of racing to go. Um, and, and Elvira's on incredible form, so you can't, can't count her out completely. But to come out of the weekend, losing nothing to Elvira as a real win for Roseland. Uh, she'll maybe fancy getting a few more in Antolts. There's the individual there. Um, Elvira missing Antolts, of course. So it's a massive cliche, obviously, but this was a bit of a race of two halves. First half, Roisland getting onto terms and uh, passing Erberg. The second half was just really Roisland cruising to victory. Uh, pressure all on Elvira, leading out the field. And on the first shoot, four down. They were spread all around the targets, so a miss wasn't off the cards, but that fifth didn't quite make it, hitting wide right, sort of four o'clock uh, on the target. Roisland was just arriving next to her. Maybe that put her off slightly, uh, but knowing Elvira had missed, you could have sort of forgiven Roisland for rushing, trying to get a lead from her, knowing that penalty loop was coming. But it was a cool shoot from Roisland, very nice and steady. And uh, then you had Olympicova, Vera, Brezar Boucher, Hauser all missing, which really just set us up for a two-horse race in the pursuit. Uh, Vera still had the advantage by a couple of seconds coming off of the penalty loop. And I wondered if she might try and bolt, put the pressure on a little bit, make Rosalind chase her. But Rosalind not only caught her, she also passed Elvira just as they came in for the second shoot. And I think maybe just asserting herself a little bit there. Uh, telling Elvira, you know, I'm number one. I shoot in lane one. Um, just putting a, putting a, the youngster in her place, maybe. Uh, but it was Elvira who shot first. She tried to put the pressure on. She missed number three, though. And from there on out, there was no catch in Roseland. She went on to shoot the perfect 20. Uh, and while the Oberg sisters, who were now skiing together, would sort of catch slightly on lap three, Roseland turned the power on lap four, gapping the Oberg's by 10 seconds uh, to lead into the final shoot by half a minute. And after that, it was a stroll to the line, fist-bumping coaches as she went. Brilliant performance from the Norwegian. More than justifying the move not to skip this round, as her teammates did. And, yeah, with the season over halfway done, Elvira missing the next round, as I mentioned, I think that lead of 88 is going to be extremely tough to reel in. Good second place from Elvira, though, shooting 18 out of 20. And she was under pressure from Hannah going into the last shoot, but it was Hannah who missed. Elvira holding her nerve to impress yet again. Another great podium uh, for the youngster. Hannah, mixed day for her. She may have missed on the last shoot, but it was an impressive effort nonetheless. She had a fantastic first lap going from 11th to 7th, picking up almost seven seconds on Roisland as well. And just like that, after the first shoot, she was up into the podium places. Uh, everyone ahead of her, bar Roisland, missed. And she passed all of them, apart from, of course, Roisland and Elvira who she joined after the next shoot at the halfway mark. I think she'll be disappointed to lose out to her sister in the end, uh, but she closes the gap to third in the overall standings. Uh, Ellen McCarver was sixth on the day, so that's a, a better result for Hannah after a disappointing sprint. Outside the podium, 
It was another fantastic day for Anais Bechand. Uh, really impressed with her all season. Best of the French in fourth place with just one miss. Lynn Person also capping off a fine weekend with a fifth place. That was her first top five of the season. Um, some really impressive races in the top 10 generally, really. We had great races from Julia Simon up from uh, 23rd to 8th. Davidova also having a good day. She was up from 27th to 12th. And uh, Hannah Sola also uh, charging. She was at one point, I thought she might look like she'd be going for the top 10. She had two misses in the end, though, in the first stand shoot. Uh, she rose from 36th to 13th, though. Uh, so sort of a good good reaction from her after a disappointing day before. Most impressive was the only clear shoot of the day outside of Roisland, though, and that was Suvi Minkinen of Finland rising all the way up from 52nd to 18th off the back of that shooting. Uh, and that's a personal best for Minkinen. So really good stuff for Finland there. Not so good for Germany, though. Very tough day. Denise Herman not starting. Francisco Preutz still out injured. So it was uh, down to the uh, down to the others in the team. Francisca Hildebrand was going well, um, but she had a couple of misses. She was the top finisher still, though, in 20th place. Uh, Vanessa Hins, she went from 60th to 26th. Uh, that was probably the, the biggest bit of sunshine for the team, I think. But a tough day uh, for the German women. And so on to the men's races, where there was only one name to start with, and it was Canton Fionmaier who I am calling right now as the men's overall winner for 2021-22. He had the best weekend he could have dreamed of, not only taking the sprint pursuit double in amazing fashion, but seeing his closest rivals either fall away or, of course, with the Norwegians not even make the start line. Perfect day for the Frenchman. Uh, perfect day, perfect weekend for the Frenchman. Starting back with the sprint, where only one man could get within half a minute of him. Uh, he really was on fire. Uh, despite the lack of Norwegians, I actually really enjoyed this uh, sprint. Uh, we had Ava Kamova breaking her pole at the start of the women's race and sort of an oddly similar problem in the men's. We had Simon Ada at the end rather than the start, having to kind of cradle his rifle across the line. Looked like a broken harness, I think. So tough luck for Ada. Um, but he, yeah, he had a good day nonetheless. But yeah, quite an odd sight seeing him carrying his rifle across the line. I haven't seen that before. Great start from the field, though. Uh, we had bib number one, Sean Doherty, missing two on the prone, but the next six all hit five. And even though we had big names, we had Samuelson and Loganov in that six. The biggest stories of that bunch were Vitalta Strolia, the big Lithuanian on the charge. Uh, and also Campbell Wright, the New Zealander. Uh, we've been following him on the show since he uh, sort of burst onto the scene at IBU Cup level. And he had a brilliant day shooting clear as well. Uh, for a personal best, so Strolia and Wright, not names you would have picked going into the day, but uh, fantastic days for both of them. It was tough going for the bigger names, though. Uh, looking great was Seb Samuelson, skiing really well, but he missed two in the stand, which meant he fell all the way down to 18th place. More of a shock was Loganov, though, uh, maybe still stinging after his meltdown in Oberhof. He also missed two in the stand, and despite only finishing 17 seconds behind Samuelson, obviously Samuelson finishing 18th, Loganov tumbled all the way down to 32nd. Tough day for him. Uh, but as I say, it was all about Vitalta Strolia early on. He put in absolutely everything he had, especially into that final sprint. He collapsed over the line, having taken the lead early on. Uh, really great day from Strolia. The next flurry of action, though, was down to the top two in the world. We couldn't have scripted it better. Amelia Jacqueline and Quantum Filmaier going one after the other. 
and they could not have had more different days. Jacqueline was starting really hard. He was lighting up the leaderboards on the first lap. Fionnier, maybe sort of skiing within himself a bit. He looked comfortable behind the duo of Samuelson and Ponsiloma coming into the first shoot. We had one miss from Jacqueline, who again, he's been doing this a lot lately. He, The French team, sort of across the board, seemed to be going steady in the prone, fast in the stand. But there's always one shot where Jacqueline just snatches at it. And uh, more often than not, gets a miss. Before, to be fair to him, getting him his rhythm back. So one miss again from Jacqueline in the first stand, the first prone shoot. Sorry, uh, Phil May might have just seen that as he came in to shoot, and he continued the tactic of steady shooting perfectly. Twenty-seven seconds, ensuring they all went down. Great stuff from Phil May. And then when he got to the stand, it's uh, as I say, it all flips for the French. They go steady, then they go quick. And Phil May was doing exactly that. 27 seconds in the prone, 21.9 in the stand. Cool as you like, 10 out of 10. And the lead was going to France. Not all good news for the French, though, because Jacqueline had had a tragic time in the stand. He was faster than Phil May, time-wise, in the shoot, but missing three targets. And that was his race, possibly his Crystal Globe challenge as well. Done and dusted. He would finish outside the points, only just scraping into the pursuit even. He was 53rd on the day. Uh, so yeah, different fortunes there. Um, tough day for Jacqueline. Great day for Phil Maillet. And also doing fantastically, starting right behind him, was uh, Tero Sapala uh, of Finland, continuing to go from strength to strength. Great day for Finland with Minkinen as well. And Sapala even faster on the stand. Uh, he couldn't quite get the most out of his skis, though. He ended up finishing uh, just behind Strolia. Uh, at that point in fourth place. So after a bit of time to catch our breath, we had the next drama, which was Smolski's battle to beat Strolia. Uh, Smolski of Belarus having a fantastic season. He could have had a shot at the win on the day, but he had one miss in the stand. That set him back, and he came out with exactly seven seconds to make up on the Lithuanian. He was clawing back time at both checkpoints, but it's, he still hadn't quite got there. So it was a race to the line, just getting the better. Australia beating him by one and a half seconds. So yeah, another really great day for Smolski. He was second at that point, but it would not last because welcome back, Benny Doll. Been a long time since we've seen the best of the German, but we got it in roof holding. Second fastest ski time on the day, 10 out of 10 targets. And um, it looked like he might back on the podium for the first time in two years back on the top step of the podium for the first time in two years that is uh, he came out of the stand he had 0.4 seconds over feel my a the hope was there we thought it might might just happen but he couldn't match the frenchman he ended up 7.2 back at the line but really brilliant days work from benny doll really good to see him back on the podium as i say and so that was your top three feel my a doll and smolsky uh, Stralia with the performance of the day in fourth, Sepala fifth, then Eric Lesser making it two Germans in the top 10. He looked annoyed to miss in the stand. Fair play to him. A podium might have been there if he hadn't. Actually, almost definitely would have been there for him if he hadn't. But season's best for Lesser, and you have to be happy with that, really. Uh, behind Lesser, another old stager, former pursuit world champion Dimitro Petrushny having a great run. He came home seventh, one miss as well. Uh, and at the very other end of his career, maybe sharing performance of the day with Strolia, was France's Eric Perrault. Shooting clear, getting a top 10 in only his eighth World Cup race. That's outstanding work from Perrault, who just got stronger and stronger as the race went on. He was 44th on the first lap, 14th quickest on the last lap, finishing strong. 
What a day that was him, second of the French team, beating this year into ninth. And rounding out uh, rounding out the top 10 here, another personal best, a huge one too from Joshua Burkholder of Switzerland. He was as high as fourth on the last lap, but the legs left him a little bit. He ended up 10th. Uh, but when you think that the opening races in Ostersund this year, he was struggling to get inside the top 100. Uh, he was 99th. That was his best result from the first three races. Uh, so the improvement there is absolutely insane from Burkholder. Great stuff from him. Dominic Windisch, his best day for a good old while. One miss and uh, his characteristic hard, hard skiing, earning him 13th. Campbell Wright, who I mentioned earlier, brilliant day. Clear shooting, ending up 25th. Of course, there was a big hole left by the Norwegians, but it gave us a great look at the B team, if you want to call it that. Maybe that's a bit harsh. Uh, but mixed fortunes, tough day for Johannes Dahle, I'm afraid to report. Familiar story, two misses in the stand, ruining his day. Just scraped into the top 40. Better days for Alexander Field Anderson, who shot clear for 11th, and Erlen Biontegaard. Good to see him back. He missed one, but 15th on the day. That's a decent result for him. His re-entry into the World Cup scene. And finally, we had my pick for the win, Germany's Philipp Norath, who, for one shining second, gave me a bit of hope. He was fastest of everyone on the first lap. But my hopes were crushed soon enough after two misses in the prone. One more in the stand as well meant he could only manage 41st, one place behind Dale. So to finish the weekend off, we had an excellent pursuit. Really enjoyed this one. Had some fun and games in the range as the field was so tightly packed at the start line. We had a bit of a traffic jam in the prone. Athletes forced to wait for others uh, to finish their shoots. Jacqueline especially looking unimpressed as he skied off. But uh, to be fair, that wouldn't have happened if he wasn't starting 53rd. So maybe he only has himself to blame uh, on that front. Uh, but up at the front, as he seems to do so often, it was an early miss for Phil Maillet. Just the one in the stand, but that was enough to give Benny Dole the lead. And uh, you had to miss the fans at that point. Imagine the noise there would have been over there in Rupolding with a German leading the way after the first prone shoot. Unfortunately, there weren't. There were a few, though. They were giving it all they had, sort of hiding out in the forest uh, beyond the tracks, and they were giving him the support they could. Good skiing from Dole, too, on that next lap. Uh, I thought maybe Phil May would just gobble up the 15-second lead uh, in that lap, but Dole held it. It was at eight as they went uh, into the second shoot. Clear again from Benny Dole, which I have to admit I was not expecting at all. Um, but great stuff from him. Said how closely the bunch was packed together. And no one showed that more than Loganov, who wasted no time carving his way through the field. Uh, on the first lap, he passed 11 athletes, shot well to hit all five, came out of the range. He was already 11th. That was after the first shoot. After he came out the second time, he was fourth. Wild stuff from Loganov. Uh, maybe skiing with a bit of the red mist after disappointment in the sprint and, of course, the pursuit back in Oberhof. Um, but he was battling Eric Lesser for third at the halfway point. Ahead of them, though, it was Fiume again, just trying to pin down Benny Dole. They come into the range for the third time. He was almost back in touch with him. Didn't really matter, though, because Dole missed two, and the lead was Fiume's. Wasn't just Dole missing, though. Loganov sent his first shot wide to give Lesser some clear air in second. Samuelson was doing brilliantly to rise from 18th to third, just a couple of seconds back from Lesser. And then we had uh, a big group there of Strolia, Ada, Svetsov, and Dole chasing uh, with Samuelson and Lesser just ahead. And another great run from Strolia, looking comfortable in a group that overall has 11 victories combined. Um, so great stuff from him. But as you can guess, we came to the last shoot and Fiume had a pretty big advantage. One miss for him. He could afford it. 
Did keep it interesting, though, because it was the first shot he missed. And obviously, we'd had Loganov's meltdown the week before, almost in exactly the same position. No such worries for Phil May, though. Remaining four, going from black to white as the targets went down. He was off for maybe an enjoyable penalty loop. He was skiing it hard, though, but uh, not often you get to enjoy the penalty loop. Behind him was where the real action was. We had Samuelson and Lesser with a bit of a gap over the rest, but they all settled pretty much together in that group. Samuelson was the first to blink. He sent his first shot wide. Dole then missed as well. Samuelson again missing. That was two for him. Then Lesser missed his third going wide. Dole sent another one off, so two misses for Dole at that point. Svetkov and Ada both missed. And you can see where I'm going with this. It meant the slow and steady shooting of one Vitalta Strolia got himself five out of fives. And I was hoping beyond hope that we would have a podium for Lithuania. He had uh, he only had two down as the others finished shooting. He held his nerve, though, set off in second place. Main problem for him, though, was the fast shooting Loganov on the hunt after that miss in the third shoot. He cleared his fourth and set off only a couple of seconds behind Stralia. And so the last lap really became me trying to will Stralia onto the podium. It wasn't long before Loganov caught him, and I was I just thought maybe he'd be able to stick with Loganov, basically get dragged to a third place. Wasn't to be, though. The legs were gone. He looked like a spent force going up that hill. Uh, Loganov came and went. Then Smolsky, Smolsky again, denying Lithuania the podium. Heartbreaking stuff for me. I was I really wanted Strelia to do it. Um, but a fourth and a fifth for him. What a couple of races. Uh, beating his previous best. That was 12th in the World Cups. So fair play to him. Uh, it wasn't the big story, though. That was Fiume now with a lead of 97 points in the overall race. Second spot now held by Seb Samuelson who could only manage seventh after those two misses in the final shoot. That was enough to get him past Jacques Alain in the overall standings, though. He had a fine enough day. He did well to get from 53rd up to 20th. Uh, but the best climb of the day finished just behind Samuelson in eighth, and that was Jakob Back. Uh, it's been a while since we mentioned the Slovenian. He had an amazing run on Sunday to get himself from 39th up to eighth, just one miss on the day. Fabian Cloud also redeemed his sprint performance uh, slightly, coming from 37th to 12th, as did Norath, uh, 41st to 15th. So he had some good risers uh, there in the pursuit. On the Norwegian side, it was a bit of a mixed bag. Dale again having trouble on the range, four misses. Still, though, that was enough to get him up to 28th from 40th. Uh, There's another story for Bjornsgaard, though. Horrible day for Bjornsgaard with the rifle. Six misses as he dropped out of the points altogether. He came home 45th. And so to uh, yeah finish up here, under-the-radar performance of the day, this day it has to go to G Germany, David Sobel. Mentioned his name last year when Art Pfeiffer retired as a potential sort of up-and-comer who might step up, and he really showed his class in Rupolding. Just one miss got him up to 10th, and that is excellent from the 25-year-old. Uh, all in all, a great meeting from the men's German team. Tough from the women's, but uh, the men doing well. Dole, Lesser, and Zabel all delivering top 10s on the day. So that was the men's performances uh, in the book. We did also have some relays and uh, maybe some of the more interesting ones. So let's have a look at those. It was the third race of the meeting. That was the women's relay on Friday. And some interesting names on the start list, I thought. Sweden deciding to rest the Erbergs. 
Lynn Person as well. So they were giving starts to Johanna Schottheim, Stina Nielsen and Anna Magnussen. Uh, so they and Norway really starting sort of true B teams in this one. Still some strong teams out there, though. Russia, Germany, Belarus all looked sort of within with the chance, I thought. But it was the French squad that stood out with Chevalier Boucher, Chloe Chevalier, Brazar Boucher and Julia Simon making up the quartet. And they did not disappoint at all. Julia Simon eventually having an easy ride to the finish after fantastic work from her team, especially Brazar Boucher on the third leg. I thought she was a really bounced back in uh, in repolding. At that stage, in that third leg, that was really where the race was won, I think. She broke the resistance of Belarus and Sweden just with her uh, speed out on the tracks. She was up against Christian Keener and Brawson, and they looked like they were trying to stick with her, but they just didn't have it in the legs. That meant the French got their second win from two women's relays. Uh, two from two, and the team, you'd have to say, maybe they're the possible favourites for the Olympics. Norway don't look as strong as they used to. Belarus may be in there with a chance, Russia in there with a chance, but the French do look like the favourites to me. And of course, they still have an Son to bring back into the team, uh, most likely for Chloe Chevalier. So not even the strongest team out there uh, in on Friday. Elsewhere, Sweden came in 35 seconds back in second place. They can be really proud of their work out there, I thought. Uh, Scott Heim got them started, struggling to stick with the uh, the pace at the front, but the shooting was good. She came into uh, the the handoff 33 seconds back. Not ideal, but kept a minute. Really good stuff from Steena Nilsson on leg two, though. Just chipping away slowly on the skis, crucially only needing one spare in the stand after a clean prone shoot. That got Sweden back into the lead group. And from then on out, while they couldn't hang with the French, they kept things clean, all showed themselves to be reliable in the range, which uh, really good for, for Sweden's depth. Um, if they have injuries or drop-offs in form. Belarus, meanwhile, they look nailed on for at least uh, the podium when Hannah Sola set off on the final leg. She was in third, but had a nightmare in the stand, missing four of her first five. She regained her composure well with her spares, stopped the bleeding and hit them all, but the damage was done. She was on the penalty loop, and it was Russia who took advantage. Uh, Retsova continuing her good form. After a pretty quiet race for the Russians, uh, they only needed six spare rounds on the day, but they never really got back into the mix after uh, Banat Skoba lost the best part of 50 seconds on the first leg. But uh, coming back to get third, good work from them. Germany snatched a respectable finish from basically from the jaws of defeat to come home fourth after being 15th at the halfway stage. Started out well enough with Vanessa Voigt shooting clear on her leg. Struggling a bit on the skis, but she handed over 18 seconds down, which not bad at all from her when you consider that it was Rosalind up the road. But Vanessa Hins really had a day to forget. She was 60th in the sprint and then in the relay, it got no better for her, completely losing it on the stand. Not only taking a penalty loop, but taking an age to fire off the misses. Um, but then the experience of Hildebrand, leg three, that shone through for them. She hit her 10 first time out. And really, since she's been recalled to the top German team, barely put a foot wrong. And you'd have to think that her place in the uh, the relay team for Beijing is all but set in stone. Then it was Denise Herman finishing off the comeback, taking advantage of Hannah Sola's vows to beat both her and Italy's San Filippo in the sprint for fourth. Italy followed their standard pattern of hitting the front early through Vitozzi and Vera, both looking really solid. And then Camola and San Filippo, nothing wrong on their legs, but the speed was never going to be there to beat the likes of Herman and Sola. Still a good job by the Italians, though. They came in sixth. Belarus in that sandwich in the sprint in fifth. 
Big name missing out, and that is Norway. Their B team was solid enough, but I think they would have hoped for better than seventh. Roysland, as I mentioned, started off their run. She handed over in the lead after the first leg. And Roysland going off first, I thought that was an interesting move. Uh, maybe just so she didn't have to push as hard as if she was chasing people on the anchor leg. Uh, but get, still getting the skiing in with uh, a day off in between the pursuit and the relay. Uh, Thornton Yotten put herself in the frame as a potential rival to Ida Leon for the final relay spot. Maybe too late for that, though. Uh, but it was good run from Yotten, good experience for Erdal and Femsteinvik as well. But a fairly lonely run for both of them, um, just sort of uh, padding round. After racing in the sprint, uh, Tirolekov had already left to join the altitude camp in Italy. Uh, I think they're in Italy. It might be the Swedes who are in Italy. Um, but yeah, she was off to join her um, her fellow sort of first teamers. So we had that uh, slightly weakened team for Norway. Seventh place, mm, good enough, but could have been better. Estonia, they'll be very happy with their performance. They came in eighth. They were solid throughout. Uh, really good stuff from them. Decent run from the Americans as well in 12th. I think Deirdre Irwin was the star of the show there. After Egan and Dunkley had been solid, Owen oh, really kept the performance together. She shot clear. And yeah, 12, good stuff from the Americans. And I'm hoping we can see them in the top 10 sooner rather than later. Overall, though, it wasn't the, uh, the greatest race in the women's relay. Uh, so the men on Saturday took the stage. And for my money, this was the best relay of the season so far. Fewer names sitting out, which uh, I wasn't expecting, actually. Both Vilma and Jacqueline were in the French squad, which was a bit of a surprise. Great to see Eric Perry there on leg three as well. He had a bit of a tough day, though, unfortunately. Uh, Norway, after winning the first, obviously a very different look for them. We had Alexander Field, Anderson and Aspenez starting things off uh, before Dale and Biontegaard um, on the, in the second half. All of them obviously looking to impress and grab their chances, but it didn't go as they would have hoped because it was all drama on leg one. As we saw both Norway and Sweden struggling, Took a while to realise what was happening. Pep Femling looked like he was having trouble getting ammunition in. Wasn't sure what was going on there. And it looked like it was all going wrong for Alexander Field Anderson. But it turned out the problem was that Femling had been cross-shooting, taking down the Norwegian targets instead of his own. That left the Norwegians waiting uh, for it to be reset. Field Anderson didn't know what was going on. They were given an adjustment of two minutes in the end, but uh, a tough start for the Norwegians and obviously meant that they were out there racing right near the back, even with that two minutes in hand. Fabian Cloud as well struggling. He did nothing for his prospects of making the French relay team. That's two bad, bad relays in a row for him. Um, he was on the penalty loop early. And that struggles for the big teams left us with a fantastic sight of Sean Doherty leading the field round for the United States. He ended the first leg in the lead, but unfortunately it wasn't to last. Matt Dirtschi found himself on the loop on the second leg. Uh, old stage Dominic Vindish, after a good sprint, was enjoying himself. He led the way off the back of some great shooting on the second leg. But the star of that leg was Emilian Jacqueline, 14th at the exchange after Fabian Cloud struggles, but second after the standing shoot. Uh, incredible 20.9 shoot in the stand helped him get there. Did look like he was starting to struggle a bit on the last lap after the work he did out there. So maybe not back to sort of full sharpness and fitness, but great effort from Jacqueline nonetheless. We had a decent group all together at the halfway point. So we had Russia, Belarus, France, Italy and Ukraine all together at the sharp end. But then, as I mentioned, tough going for the youngster Eric Perro up at the front. He fell back with two misses in the prone alongside Bionat of Italy, who also missed two. 
I think the experience of Loganov on the third leg for Russia really paid off. Spent a long time settling himself on the map, but rattled through the five targets once he had. Uh, and he was off at the front with Varabai of Belarus, who I was really impressed with. Stuck with Loganov, which I didn't think he was going to be able to do on the skis. Thought that might mean he was suffering in the stand shoot, but he was right there again with Loganov. Um, so yeah, great stuff from Belarus. Great stuff from Loganov, but I think it was Benny Dole after his great sprint performance, probably the star of the leg, getting Germany back into the race. Confidence obviously high after the sprint, and uh, the camera saw him flying past the Ukrainians. He was looking really good on the skis, I thought, Benny Dole. Always good to see. That sort of weird style he has, but putting it to good use. So that got us to the last leg, and we had a couple of battles here. Started off with Svetkov of Russia and Smolsky of Belarus dueling it out. Uh, it almost wasn't to be, though. Not sure what happened to Svetkov, but he had to sprint just to get out on track. I don't know, something holding him up, or he, maybe he was surprised by how quickly Loganov had got there. Uh, but Loganov almost had no one to tag him for the last leg. Uh, he did make it, though and killed it in the shoots, ice in his veins as he knocked them down, while uh, Smolsky, unfortunately, blinking for the Belarusians, he needed a spare in the prone and came out 18.5 down on the Russians. Philip Norath behind went clear to keep the German hopes alive, and a bit of a three-horse race at that point, but it was Norath rather than Smolsky who would give us the battle for the lead. Svetkov got the five down, but Norath came out of the stand just 12 seconds behind him, skiing really well. He'd halved that deficit halfway around the lap, and I thought it was going to be a German win. But maybe Svetkov just getting the hurry up. There's that switchback at the top of the course where you can see who's chasing you. And I think maybe seeing just how close Norath was getting was what he needed. He put in a little burst and took the win. Another relay win for Russia after their uh, performances in the mixed relays a week before in Oberhof. Good work from the Germans to get second. And he couldn't quite hang with uh, Svetkov, but, uh, but good work from Norath. Third place for Belarus, really good result for them. Last season, they did not place better than eighth, so really good progress from the men's team to go hand-in-hand hand with the women's. Further down, Norway and Sweden were battling it out, not on the tracks, but on the timing screens. Samuelsson, needing three spares on the final shoot, uncharacteristically gave the Norwegians the chance. And Erlen Bjonsgaard, always reliable in the relay back in the day, he was thriving back in the big leagues. He went clear, and after the two-minute correction, they were ahead of the Swedes on the timing boards. They came 7th and 8th. More standing woes, unfortunately, for Johannes Dahle, though. He needed three spares to get the five down. One point, it looked like he was destined for the loop, so he did well to avoid that. But yeah, tough uh, tough going for Dahle in the stand still. ninth for Canada, and really impressive stuff from them. It did look like it might be even better. Scott Gow just lost his rhythm at the end. Two penalty loops meant they missed out on taking the Swedish and Norwegian scalps. But a top 10, brilliant for them nonetheless. I was really impressed with Jules Bernot. Really deserves a mention because he was fantastic on leg three uh, to get them up within a sniff of the top five. Uh, so that was our World Cup action. But what about the IBU Cup and IBU Junior Cups? So over in the IBU Cup, in the last pod, we'd already seen Janina Hetish take the spoils in the women's individual, but it was Francis Camille Benet doing the business in the sprint, the junior individual champion taking her first IBU Cup win with a perfect shoot. She took the win ahead of the Russian pair of Bertasova and Gerbulova. Really great news for British fans. Fantastic to be able to say that as Amanda Lightfoot put in her best performance in years, a perfect 10 out of 10 netting her fifth place. That's her best ever at IBU Cup level and the first perfect shoot of the year. 
Over on the men's side, with the uh, the Norwegian men called up to Rupold in, the door was open for some uh, new names. And it was Vetcher Poulsen who grabbed the opportunity with both hands, his first race at this level, and it was a win in the men's individual for the youngster. He started bib 106, missed two targets, but took the third fastest ski time to snatch victory away from his teammate, Martin Femsteinvik. Uh, we then had the sprint, which saw the field really struggling in tough conditions, uh, but it was Emilian Cloud who came out on top, shooting 9 out of 10 for his second IBU Cup victory. Unfortunately, he couldn't defend that lead in the pursuit, though, as the race was called off due to the conditions. Meanwhile, over in the junior races in Pokyuka, we had an excellent battle in the men's races between Czech Jonas Maracek and Russian Alexander Kornev. Uh, in the first sprint, it was Maracek taking top honours. Kornev looking like he was on track to take the win, but missed in the stand. Uh, that added to his one miss in the prone, and he had to settle for second. He got his revenge in the second sprint, though, holding his nerve in the stand to take the victory. Uh, the script really flipped with Maracek, the one missing two. Uh, he held the lead for a good while, but Kornev uh, not going to be denied after missing out in race one. In the women's races, it was complete and utter domination for Germany in the first sprint as they locked out the top four. Hannah Michelle Herman taking the win, but it was a nervous wait for Herman as teammate Selena Groshen looked like she was going to pip her to victory after 10 out of 10. She had a sprint for the line, but just couldn't overhaul Herman, who held on by 0.8 seconds. Then in race two, there was even more to cheer about for the Czech fans as Teresa Yandova took the win with a perfect shoot. Rising Italian star Sara Scatolo had to settle for second, despite nailing the fastest ski time. She missed twice in the stand. She had 14.1 seconds to make up on that last lap and almost had it, but just missed out by 2.8 seconds in the end. Great win there for Yandova, her first. So that will just about do it from Rupolding. Uh, we're back almost uh, immediately in Antolts. I'll be back later today to preview those races. Best, uh, best competition of the year, in my opinion, with that uh, individual race. We don't get enough of them, uh, in my opinion. So I'll be back soon to preview those races. Uh, in the meantime, Hope you're all doing well and thanks for listening.